It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in the Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Braves at the break, breaking the curse and deals for the cap. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hitting hard as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app as well and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, the Braves had a successful weekend down in Tampa. They took two out of three, lost yesterday. But as they go into the break right now, they are 60 and 29 on the uh, season. First team to get to 60 wins. And look, this could not have been scripted any better. Aside from injuries and aside from guys being hurt, this thing could not have gone any better for the Atlanta Braves. So now we hit the the faux midway point, because obviously we are 89 games into the season. So now we get this little bit of a break and we saw Max Freed pitch yesterday down in Gwinnett. So he's working his way through. They expect him to make three starts down in Gwinnett. But when that happens, you know, and again, once they start to get all of these guys back, I'm I'm not even sure how much better they can be because they've been outstanding thus far, and they have completely dominated the National League. Ronnie's the MVP of the league. Sean Murphy's probably a top five candidate to be MVP. Murphy, Murphy, as we go in the break, he's got 17 homers, 55 RBI, hitting 306 with a 400 on base percentage and a 999 OPS. Look at some of the OPSs for some of the players. 999 for Murphy. 926 for Olsen, 990 for Ronald Acuna. Now, I'll tell you who the biggest surprise has been. It's been two players. One is Orlando Arcia. Didn't see him hitting 294 at the All-Star break and being the starter at shortstop. And while we knew he was a good defensive shortstop and he could hold his own with the glove, his offense has been outstanding. And it's basically been for pennies on the dollar price-wise compared to a Dansby Swanson. And that doesn't take away from what Dansby has meant to the Braves. But again, you know, they're paying him way less. I mean, $3 million compared to what is it? You know, 14, 17 million or what have you per year. So the fact that he's got seven homers, 28 RBI, he has missed 20 games. That's been the only downfall for him, but hitting 294 with a 345 on base and a 769 OPS. He's been one of the big surprises this year. The other big surprise for me has been Marcelo Zuna, and let's give him some flowers. I mean, he's had a nice bounce-back year. Look, he's not been a 180 hitter. He's not been an unproductive guy. He's not been a guy who's been a one-trick pony where he's got, you know, 10 homers and, and, you know, 16 RBI. He's been a guy that has come through in the clutch for this team, 17 homers, 40 RBI, 
hitting 250. He's got an 800 OPS and scored 36 runs. I'll be honest with you, that's more than what I would have thought that that we would have gotten from a Marcelo Zuno. So he's been a nice surprise. For all the different things about, you know, for everybody wanting him DFA'd, traded, this, that, and the other. And I was in the camp of, you know, at some point you have to DFA him, but he really has bounced it, you know, and turned it around and starting in obviously, you know, with his May and then into June and July. Look, he's been he's been doing it for the Atlanta Braves. He's been able to just kind of get through all of the storm and, and you know, weather, weather the storm of all the bad publicity and everything else. And he's found himself in a nice position. And, and more than likely, and again, he's he is a popular clubhouse guy, more than likely he's going to be here through the rest of this year. There's really no reason to DFA him at this point. So again, you're not you're not saving any money by doing it. So um, but he's he's at his production that has been, you know, uh, up to par at least. At least he's not hitting a buck eighty or something ridiculous like that. He's holding his own. I'll tell you who else, you know, when we talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Eddie Rosario has had a nice bounce back year, 14 homers, 43 RBI, 254 batting average. He is solidified left field in the sense that you don't feel like you're desperately trying to find an everyday starting left fielder. Now, will the Braves add in, you know, a, a left fielder at the break? Potentially, you know, they may, they may potentially find themselves another bat, you know, maybe a guy who can hit from the right-hand side and play some left field. That, you know, again, they can face left-handers. But, again, Eddie Rosario has had a nice bounce back here, and he's actually hit lefties fairly well. So that's good news for the Braves, that they don't feel like that they're desperate to go out and get another left fielder. Now, from the pitching aspect, I mean, again, Strider and Elder have been terrific. I mean, Elder's been Elder's been bounced around here, you know, of late. Um, but still, 297 ERA, 7-2. Again, you've got 18 and four out of Strider and Elder with what 246 strikeouts in 210 innings pitched. Those two guys have been horses at the very top of the rotation. And the fact that they haven't had Wright and Freed to rely on, very few starts from both of those guys, the fact that they have had that kind of production out of those two guys, where again, we knew Strider was maybe the best young, you know, pitcher in baseball. Now he's proven that now, now that he's got, you know, a spotlight more shown on him that he's been able to just pitch his way through it. And he's been outstanding this year coming into the break. I mean, the fact he's got 11 wins, that's why they're both all-stars this year. Elder was leading the league in ERA. That's been bumped up a little bit, but still he's had an outstanding year. He's obviously made clutch start after clutch start. Another guy who's had a nice bounce back year has been Charlie Morton, you know, nine and six. 343 ERA. Um, only the 10 home runs that he's given up in 97 innings pitched thus far. That's not a fantastic number, but it's not all of that bad. And again, 111 strikeouts in 97 innings. He's averaging over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Um, while Minter has struggled, you know, again, they've gotten some good contributions out of a Kirby Yates, out of a Nick Anderson, you know. Uh, Colin McHugh. I mean, they've they've gotten some good contributions out of their bullpen. Would not be surprised to see them add a bullpen arm or two when all is said and done. But I think now you don't have to try to go out and desperately find a starting pitcher, right? If Max Fried is going to be back in the next couple few weeks, if Kyle Wright eventually gets back, 
You've got Michael Soroka. That that's you know again part of the rotation. I'm not I'm not feeling that you have to go out, and especially with the way that this lead is, and especially with how good the Braves have been, I don't know that you have to give up a lot of assets to go out and find a starting pitcher right now. You don't feel that sense of desperation that maybe 30, 45 days ago that you felt that how we're going to get through all of this. Well, Morton, Elder, and Strider have stepped up their game, and and you found enough quality starts out of the Schusters and the Dylan Dodds and guys like that of the world that. Okay, we, we've kind of overcome the worst part of our schedule. We had a huge June, and we, we predicted all of that, right, that as the schedule lightened up in June, and, and certainly it's not that daunting even come July that, okay, you know, if they can open up this thing and, and get themselves a, a nice lead, maybe you don't have to go out and give up a whole bunch of assets to acquire talent. Maybe you don't have to go out and give up, you know, the farm to – go out and find a starting pitcher because you're behind in the division or what have you. So the Braves have done a remarkable job to battle through injuries, battle through everything else. And the fact that they have this lead at 60 and 29 in the division just speaks again to their talent development. We talked about this the other day, talent development, um, scouting department, their general manager, signing these guys to contracts. I mean, just, on and on and on and on and on and all of the different things. But it's been an outstanding season for the Atlanta Braves as they head in the all-star break, and there's no reason to think that this trend won't continue. The Braves should certainly be the front runners in the National League to find themselves in the World Series. Get the World Series, and it can happen, but they should be certainly the front runners to find themselves in the World Series with the way that the National League has played out. All right, this episode of Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And as we're at the All-Star break, FanDuel has got you covered where <clears throat> you can take your first big swing at betting on MLB on FanDuel to get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. So just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend on betting everything from money lines to the over-unders to, to uh, who's going to hit the first home run, everything in between. Now it's on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use, and you get paid instantly. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today and sign up to claim your no sweat first bet where you get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. $200 in bonus bets, Win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash L O C K E D O N. Fanduel's the official partner of Major League Baseball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I came across an interesting article. This is from Sports Illustrated, and uh, I'll give the writer credit uh, to it. Uh, let me see here. Who is the writer for this? Jeremy uh, Brenner is the uh, the writer uh, for this article. And they talk about breaking the curse for Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter. And this was an interesting stat, and I give him credit for pulling this up. Since 2013, so that's a decade ago, 
Only Mike Glennon and Jacoby Brissett have more than 30 starts in their career. Both of those players are journeymen. Neither can say that they have been a franchise quarterback. And yes, that, that is true. And now, again, obviously where most of your first-round quarterbacks come from is top part of the draft, right? First-round guys, high-caliber guys at the very top of the draft, right? That's where you find most of the top quarterbacks, saying about the first top 15, 20 picks of the draft. And that's historically, again, where you're finding the best quarterbacks. But I think the thing that makes Desmond Ritter a little bit different from a Jacoby Brissett or from a Mike Lennon, who it's interesting that the two guys that have made 30 starts have been guys that are North Carolina State quarterbacks, and they essentially followed one right after the other. There was a, a year in between Glennon played through 2012, and then Brissett had to sit out a year for 13, and then he started in, in 2014. But interesting that basically the two NC State quarterbacks that followed one another um, are, are the guys that have made, you know, the, the, the most starts over the last decade, as far as the starting quarterback picked in the third round, but here's the difference. And I know that, I know that these things necessarily don't matter. You know, when you, when you look at transitioning from the NFL or sorry, from college into the NFL, but Mike Glennon and Jacoby Brissett in their final two years, where they put up their big numbers in in their final two years, they were only 15 and 11 in those two, in their final two seasons as college quarterbacks, 15, 11 combined record over a two year period. And NC state didn't really do anything, right? I mean, they, they've been a floundering program. You know, they had some success in their Phillip rivers, you know, when they had Norm Chow and, and, you know, all that going on and okay. They had a little bit of success, you know, here, there, you know, just a couple few years ago with Finley and Chubb and all those guys, they had some success, but they've never really been a, a successful franchise. And so, again, Mike Glennon, Jacoby Brissett, they put up nice numbers. They put up good numbers. I think I think uh, Glennon was a 30-touchdown quarterback in college, but they were 15-11. and 11. Desmond Ritter, for his college career, was 42-6. and six. He took a program that certainly is not at the level that NC State has been and elevated them to where they got themselves in the national semifinals. They, they were the little engine that could. They broke the, the mold as far as being a – uh, group of five team that found its way into the playoffs. And, uh, and again, obviously I know that that was a really talented team that final year sauce Gardner's maybe the best cornerback now in the NFL, a lot of really good players on that team, but certainly Desmond Ritter as the trigger man had a lot to do with that. And while I understand that some of those things don't translate from college to pro, the fact is one of the biggest reasons that I like Desmond Ritter coming out of college and I was excited when he was my favorite draft pick when the Falcons took him a couple years ago was that he's a winner. And, and, and there is something there, there is an intangible element about, are you a quarterback that wins games or not? You know, Jacoby Brissett has been a serviceable quarterback. Mike Glennon is basically, you know, one step above a bum. Okay. I mean, let's be real. I mean, that, that, that those two guys, you know, are, are not very good, and they didn't have a whole lot of success even in the college level. Desmond Ritter was a guy who won a whole crap ton of games in college. I think he's got one of the five most wins in college football for Cincinnati. And you can say, well, what's the competition like? Yeah, but normally guys don't elevate their program to that kind of level. 
Normally, guys don't elevate their program to the level of being a national semifinalist in college football at Cincinnati. That's reserved for Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. I mean, that's reserved for those programs. That's not reserved for, you know, the uh, Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati. So the fact is that this kid is a winner through and through. And I, and I think the other difference is this offense doesn't have to be quarterback reliant. Like this offense doesn't have to put all of the weight on the shoulders of the quarterback. You know, I, I think in the Matt Ryan era, you know, it would be fair to say that, you know, Matt was the focal point of the offense. And, and I'm not saying that quarterbacks aren't a focal point of offenses, but again, Matt was the focal point of the offense. This offense is built to where he doesn't have to be the focal point. Our running game, our short passing game, our offensive line, like that's going to dictate a lot of our success. Now, look, Desmond Ritter goes out and has an MVP caliber season. I've said before, look, they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that's that's the reality of it. When your quarterback has an MVP caliber season, you find yourself in the Super Bowl at that point. So I'm not expecting that out of Desmond Ritter. But Desmond Ritter doesn't have to be a guy that carries the weight of this team on his shoulders. He doesn't have to be a guy that puts up gargantuan numbers. They're not going to let him throw it 500 times, I don't believe, this season. They're going to rely on their run game. They're going to do what they do best on offense. They, they have a playing personality. As my friend Bo Bach would say, they have a playing personality. And that doesn't necessarily revolve around the quarterback. Now, look, I think Desmond Ritter is going to have a good year, and I, and I need him to be good in the red zone. And I think he can be a 25-touchdown quarterback. Or, again, you know, if you throw 25 touchdowns in an NFL season – that's a high, that's a, that's a really good number. Okay. May not be the 40 that Aaron Rodgers puts up or Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes or what have you, you know, in that kind of class, but you're a 25 touchdown quarterback. You've had success in this league. I think that's the biggest difference is that they don't ask Desmond Ritter to have to carry this offense, that they're not looking at Desmond Ritter to carry this offense. There's enough personnel around him that, if they get the ball in other people's hands, that they can help shoulder the load. And they're not a desperately quarterback-reliant offense. And it's not a matter of making guys better than this any other. You have a lot of high-caliber, high-draft picks that you've selected for your offense. First-round offensive linemen. Obviously, London and Pitts, top 10 picks. You have a lot invested in other guys on this offense. Bijan Robinson now, right? So Desmond Ritter doesn't have to be the focal point. And, and he's a smart quarterback who doesn't turn the football over. And that's a big reason why I think that he's going to have a lot of success in this league is <clears throat> because he's a winner. He's a smart quarterback and he doesn't turn the football over. If you can be a winner and not turn the football over, you'll play for a long time in this league. I don't care if it's a starter, backup, whatever. If you're that kind of quarterback, you can be around for a long time. So let's see if Desmond Ritter can break the curse when all is said and done that, you know, 30 starts is kind of that magical number that Mike Glennon and Jacoby Brissett have had over the last decade. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be much better than that, and hopefully it starts this season. 
All right, as you listen in to Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, make sure that you go into our whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So what I call them are every day or so. We thank you so much for being a part of our ever-growing community and obviously being on this journey and this ride with us. So let us know on whatever platform. Leave us a comment that you're an everyday listener to the program, as we said, our everydayers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, the Hawks are making moves. Hawks are making more moves. So uh, veteran guard Patty Mills um, has been traded to the Atlanta Hawks. So the deal is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who had just literally acquired Patty Mills from Houston, they'll send Mills to Atlanta in exchange for Rudy Gay. So he didn't last very long. Guard Ty Ty Washington, he didn't last very long. Uh, Usman Garuba we talked about on Friday, he didn't last very long, and a second-round pick. Now, here's the other thing, too, okay, is that they say per Woj, doing his Woj bomb, there's no guarantee that Mills even remains in Atlanta either. His uh, $6.8 million expiring contract has had value in trades all offseason, and that's expected to continue. So, the first thing is, is that the Hawks saved themselves four and a half million dollars in cap space in a move like this. And then they have six point eight million dollars that is an expiring contract in Mills. So maybe you get something back for him on that expiring contract and basically don't have to give up much. OK, now, is this all about making our roster better and building a championship caliber roster? Heck no. There's nothing about this that is about building a better roster. This is about, okay, we're going to pay DeJounte Murray a whole bunch of money starting next year. Okay, we've been in the, we're, we've dipped our toe in the luxury tax. Now let's find our way out of it. Like this is all about cap space. Can, can we be honest? I mean, can, can, can we have an honest discussion that this these moves are all about cap space? I don't care, again, what Landry Fields spins or Kyle Korver spins to me or, Dan, or uh, uh, Quinn Snyder spins. I don't care what their spin is. This is all about cap space. This is all about freeing us up from the luxury tax. Why do you, I mean, again, you don't make these moves where, where you're just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic if this isn't about cap space and expiring contracts. And what have we talked about before on this show repeatedly? I don't, first off, I don't believe that they're going to go in the luxury tax. Second of all, that again, the, the way that you get out from underneath this is you start to acquire expiring contract. Well, guess what Patty Mills is. And, and, and most likely he won't even be here on this roster. Just like Rudy Gay was never going to be here on this roster. He wasn't ever going to be here, you know, and Ty Ty Washington, they saved money on that trade. Now they're saving more money. And, and now you got Mills who, most likely will get dealt because he's an expiring contract. Or, you know, worst case is he'll sit on the end of the bench and be an expiring contract. Like, 
this is what these moves are. John Collins was the first step in trying to build a long-term roster that could manage the cap. And I'll give him credit. Again, we talked about DeJounte Murray. That's a fabulous move. You know, that that's a great move. I, I'm very much in favor of giving him that big contract extension. I got no problem or no issue with that. But again, they're trying to dance around the lines and dance around the outside of having to pay everybody else or trying to build a roster. Again, if they were really embracing the cap, all of these moves wouldn't be attached with the financial flexibility of them or cap space or expiring contracts. Like if they were really trying to build a championship quality roster, look, maybe they do all this and then they go get Pascal Siakam. Maybe, again, the reports are that things have completely stalled on that end. But maybe they do that. Maybe they surprise us. But as of right now, nothing about our roster is better. Miss me with draft picks, okay? I got enough draft picks on this roster. And I and I have guys that probably aren't going to play in, you know, for the big club. They're probably going to be down in College Park. Why, why, would, why would Bufkin play up here on the Atlanta's roster and get five or six minutes when he can start 30 times down at College Park and play 30 minutes a night. So this has all been about cap flexibility, moving money around, and literally, it's moving deck chairs on the deck of the Titanic. That's what this is. This doesn't inspire me. And we just had this discussion just a couple of days ago. I'm like, Ty Ty Washington and and uh, who's the other guy? Um, uh, Usman Garuba. Like, what? What are we doing? Well, now we've moved those guys out for a 34-year-old player that's on an expiring contract. Oh, okay. We're just trying to make money work. That's what this is. This has not been about, this has not been an offseason about bettering the Hawks roster. This has not been about building a championship caliber roster. This is not turning the corner and building everything. Now, again, we're in summer league, okay? So we can say that, oh, well, we got time and all this kind of stuff. Okay, well, the league year is underway. They're in summer league right now. Guess what? It won't be long before we get to training camp. It's already almost middle of July. Won't be long before we get to training camp. Won't be long before the season starts. The godforsaken NBA season lasts for a thousand years. Like it, it never ends in the regular season. So it won't be all that long before this gets cranked up and going. But right now, the Hawks are not a better team. They've not done anything to improve this roster. Sorry, I mean, again, but but moving salaries around and, and getting more cap flexibility is not building a championship caliber roster. And I don't care if they go in the luxury tax or out of the luxury tax. I'm just talking about from a basketball perspective that they are not a better roster now. They're not. They're not a better roster than when we last left the Atlanta Hawks when they were getting beat in Boston. They've not become a better basketball team. And that's the thing that I'm concerned about. That's the thing that, again, you can tell me Landry Fields and all this kind of stuff. If Tony Ressler says they're not going in the luxury tax, they're not going in the luxury tax. Flexibility or his spin or narrative or whatever, you know, be darned. They're not going in the luxury tax. And I don't know how you build a quality roster 
with a super max player on your roster and not dip your toe in the luxury tax or have a $30 million off guard or a 20 plus million dollar center or a 25, $24 million small forward. I don't know how you build a quality roster with that other than hoping that everybody elevates their game. That's not a game plan that I want to be in. So right now the Hawks, all they've done is move the deck chairs across the Titanic. That's all that they've done right now. I don't think that this roster has been better at all for the Hawks. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard uh, with John Chuck for your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you listen on. Let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program that we call them our everydayers. Let us know in the comment section that you're an everydayer to the program listening in five days a week. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast and get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app as well, and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.